This is the Reluctant Leader Podcast, created because, through no fault of your own, you've become one. I'm your host, Mark Terrell, and I know how it feels when you're getting ground down by people issues, constantly firefighting and wondering how on earth you ended up here. In each episode, I invite a guest to discuss a topic and give you three, sometimes more, top tips that will help you in your leadership role. They are experts in the field and you'll find out why they do what they do and what took them down that path. For more resources to help you on your leadership journey, check out thereluctantleader.academy where you'll find details of how to join the Reluctant Leader success path. So let's see who's in the hot seat this week. Today I'm talking to Philippa Haynes. After 25 years working for global brands such as Levi's, Ford, Tata and Clark Shoes, to name a few, Philippa has set up her own thriving brand strategy consultancy, Insights 101, to bring this expertise into smaller businesses that don't always have the big marketing budgets but still need the marketing know-how to survive and thrive. Her mission is to work with businesses that want to bring meaning to the world, believing that every customer or client looks for a more emotional reason to buy a product or service beyond price. As human beings, we look for that inspiration, a little bit of extra value that defines what we choose from the endless options out there and why. A seasoned speaker, Philippa has spoken at the Business Showcase Southwest and the South Gloucestershire Business Show in the last year. I hope you enjoy this chat we had about brand values and I'll catch you all on the other side. Philippa, welcome to the Reluctant Leader podcast. Hi, Mark. Thank you very much for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure. It will be good fun, I, I think, because um, it's a, a quite relevant at the moment, what we're going through for those listening to this podcast. It's, we're recording this in April 2020 when the coronavirus uh, pandemic is hitting the world. And uh, so that's why we thought that this is really important to talk about the brand values subject and what that means to businesses and how we can make sure that our message is clear and we don't go and fall foul of what um, our brand values are. But before we get into that, Philippa, I'd uh, ask you the question that I ask all of my guests, and that is, why do you do what you do? And what was the pivotal moment that took you down that path? Yeah, um, good question. So I would say that... You know, my whole working life of nearly 30 years has led me to where I am now. Um, Obviously, I talk about um, developing your brand vision or purpose and your brand values, and I help um, businesses um, in doing so. Um, And I myself have kind of understood and developed my own values as I've kind of navigated my own way through my career and I've I've learned some good things not so good things but essentially that has developed my way of thinking and why I understand that actually um, our values are incredibly important to us Um, and what's interesting for me is that I've worked uh, for nearly 30 years for global brands Um, And despite being incredibly recognisable, all of them had problems and they were all undergoing a turnaround phase. Um, They'd fallen out of favour with their customers. They were no longer really offering a relevance. They were disconnected emotionally. Um, And their response to that was to cut costs, 
to have endless reviews. Um, and more and more customers were becoming disheartened, as were those people who were working for the brands. Um, mm. But I think looking back, the reason that this happened is because they hadn't redefined their, their, their brand. They just sat back on their laurels and thought, well, we're a big global brand. We don't really need to do anything else. We'll just trade on our name. And that's essentially what they did. And they became irrelevant. Um, they weren't clear about their values. And the sort of the outcome of that was that they were really, really losing customers and losing market share. Um, but they were also leaving, the, um, losing the people who were working for them. Um, so I remember when I was working at a particular organization and I was talking to a colleague who was around 25 at the time. And they were saying they were going to stay at this particular office um, for the foreseeable future just because there was a great pension. Now, to me, that's tragic. Um, and this person was basically very disillusioned but felt that actually the pension was worth kind of staying, but they'd become more and more kind of downhearted and really disengaged from the brand. And, and that's... For me, what I experienced time after time, um, and I had a conversation with um, an ex-boss of mine, I think it was in Hong Kong, and we'd had a few drinks, to say the least, and he told me that, you know, I had ended up, in his eyes, not really um, kind of um, stepping out and really standing up for what I believe, because I was talking about all of this, and that that was a sort of pivotal moment for me when I realized that actually I'd, I'd gone along for 30 years trying to find a business that really lived by its values and its purpose. And I hadn't found that. And actually, um, it was the same time and time again. Um, and I ended up in a, my final role where the culture again was pretty toxic and the values weren't lived. And I just thought, actually, I need to step away. I could do so much more for um, other businesses by helping them to develop their sense of purpose, to develop their future, and to think about their values so that they can inspire and emotionally kind of connect, not only with their customers, but with their teams. Uh, and that was, for me, the defining moment, really. Mm. So I, I, I guess it's when you decided to walk the walk and it's all very well pe telling people that they should live by their brand values, but actually what you realised was actually yeah, to live by your own values and, 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 and get on and do what really, uh, where your passion lies. Absolutely. I mean, I, yeah. I've talked to people about developing their values and I always say, look at what's happened in your life and you'll realise that as you've gone along and developed, you've learned You've learned some. Um, you've learned some beliefs and values by other people's behaviours and what you've noticed yourself, and that's the best way of developing who you are, what your business represents, and how you approach business. And so, yes, I. I think that's how I've 
um, come to where I am and, and I'm now walking the walk and talking the talk, if you like, because mm. I have realized that actually I have a very strong sense of what I believe in and I now want to translate that into my own business reality. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting, interesting what you said about um, actually this has two two aspects. Firstly, it's uh, it's about clients and customers, but it's also about the people that work for you and making sure that they believe in what you do and actually live by those values. And uh, and uh, obviously that's that's important, not only when they're there living them, but actually attracting the right people in the first place. That's absolutely right, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in recent times, uh, purpose-driven and values-driven organisations has been a conversation. Um, And we see quite a few examples of business leaders who have started to behave in a different way. And they're quite entrepreneurial in in the way that they think. But their message has been, you can't succeed and you can't perform if you haven't got the best talent and you haven't got... um, talent that are inspired by what they're doing um, and so yes it's about getting the, the teams within the business to be as productive as possible but also getting those people who really really want to work for you and see what your business represents and what your brand represents and you almost you're, you're pulling them to you and you're pulling the right people because potentially their values are mirrored with your businesses and so you know, you have um, a workforce that is essentially on the same page, which is really important. So, yes, it's about recruiting. It's about maintaining those people as well so that they don't become disillusioned and that they do see a future. Because everybody wants to know where they're going. They may not know that it's the word purpose, for instance, um, but everybody needs a sense of direction. I think the important thing is is what you feel, isn't it? What we feel from a brand is what we feel when we're working in that business. We, it's difficult to put our finger on it, but actually, when it feels right, it's just right. But when it's wrong, it's it's just feels really uncomfortable, doesn't it? Yeah, and that's a good point, actually. Um, so those brands that really succeed have actually defined what their purpose and their values are, and they're they're written down and they are lived and so everybody becomes familiar with those so that people don't just think oh it doesn't feel quite right but I don't know why there is a real sort of formula or blueprint um, written out which people can use as guidelines and use to direct them Um, and it's only then where it's it's closely defined and lived by that people are able to say this is what I really like or this is what is not working for me and that has pros and cons I was speaking to a client the other day and uh, with all of the coronavirus um, issues that he we've all had he said that he was absolutely thrilled with his teams because they all live the values of the business and that from his perspective was they were very supportive they knew where they were going they got on and did what they needed to do they just behaved as it was kind of defined that they should behave and actually there was only one person who it was highlighted didn't actually fit in and probably didn't feel the same way as everybody else because it was very clear 
that their values were very different and didn't sit quite comfortably with the rest of the organization. Now, that's probably short term kind of an issue for, for that team member, but longer term, there's a place for everybody. There's a business for everybody. And just because you don't fit in somewhere, it's not the end of the world, but at least you know why. And my client was very clear that actually this person, you know, did a great job, but they just didn't have the same values. Yes, and I think I've come across that a number of times where just somebody just doesn't really fit in for some reason. And like you say, it's it's probably because of those values are um, just not aligned with um, what's happening in the business. Um, and like I say, you sort of feel it. Um, but moving on to how this works then, how you how do you actually get this information then when, you want, when you're working with a client? How do you actually draw this information out? Well, if it's, a, if it's a larger organization, the key is to obviously um, talk to a significant cross-section of the, the working population. Um, so we have three phases. The first phase is the discovery phase, really, which is, you know, what's our business all about? Um, what do we believe in? How are we different from our competitors? Um, what's our message essentially? What do we offer? Um, and then, and that is um, conversation via one-to-one interviews with various stakeholders and people across the business, which then goes into the next phase, which is a workshop where we pull together all of that information and go, this is what the business is about. This is what people agree on. This is what they don't agree on. Um, And we go from there and start to talk about what do we feel the values are within the business? um, What resonates with the team? So that becomes a sort of a foundational piece, really. So reviewing, talking to the individuals about what they think the business is um, founded on, then showing in a workshop where the differences are and using that to challenge and develop and grow and rework values um, or or establish the values. And then the next piece is about, okay, so once we've got our strategy, our brand strategy coming out of that workshop, let's write it up and let's start to think about what does this mean in terms of our marketing? So, you know, how's that going to translate with our website, our social media, all of our messaging, our literature, whatever that is. And also, how does that translate in terms of our behaviours? And that's very important, I think. Um, lots of people kind of do their brand values, but it's it doesn't work if you don't actually say, well, what does that mean? Within an organ- organisation, what do you expect to hear, see, you know, how are people approaching day-to-day business? So it's three phases, really. Review, kind of reset, and then relaunch. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm putting a bit of a, a leadership spin on this. If you're leading a business and you've got this sort of process going on, uh, I guess one of the things that's really important is to have something that actually acknowledges that those values are actually being lived within the business. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. And I think... Um, One of the most important things, and I recently um, did a a webinar exactly about leadership and management, and it's you have to lead from the top. So the best way of um, creating 
of vision and values is to ensure that everybody feels a sense of ownership, but then it has to be lived throughout the organization, whether you are, you know, in senior management or, or you know, a, a junior executive, because if somebody doesn't, then it's very clear that those values were kind of an exercise that was put on the wall or, you know, a book put on a shelf and that really um, they're not living it. So it's incredibly important for leaders to show very clearly that they're important and to set, to set their stall out really, to set this is what the future is going to look like. Yeah, yeah. I, there's a, a book by Ken Blanchard and he talks about catching people doing things right. And it's one of the principles I teach my my clients. And that's the thing, isn't it? Catching people doing things right and not just in um, what they've done, it's actually how they've done it. That, that's the thing, isn't it? It's, it's not just doing something, it's actually doing it in the way that's, um, that the business um, values um, dictate. Yeah, absolutely. Um I mean, I think there are lots of examples at the moment, again, with the crisis about people not being sure what to do. But in my my eyes, it's not what you do, it's how you do it. And as you say, rewarding good or expected behaviours. So uh, and building on that so that people are quite clear on what is expected of them and less of this sort of carrot and stick mentality which can be very demotivating what we all want is a um a culture and an environment where we're building on our learnings um and making those right decisions and getting that positive input yeah so i i, I it's all really interesting i love all this stuff because it's um you know marketing is fascinating because that's what really what we're, we're talking about here and i think um people um, get a bit confused about marketing and advertising uh, and um, it might be worth just mentioning what how you see the difference between those two um, uh, words are uh, as you see it yeah well I think marketing is all about um, how you behave and the messages messages you put out um, whatever the channels so it's on your website um, it's up via social media it's it's multi-channel really so it's it's those sorts of things that um you do the your activities your um conveying your beliefs etc so that is it, it's a long-term program really which is about creating awareness it's about um being in the hearts and minds of your customer essentially um, but it's also being very strategic. So it's knowing who your customer target is, knowing where they will be, knowing the type of message that they'd want to see, knowing the sort of tone of voice, all of that good stuff. So it's it's very strategic and long-term, and that ensures that your business lives and breathes. Whereas I think advertising um, is very much a point in time, and people think of it as plugging a, a product um, you know with a cost associated to it and I think whilst that's probably an unfair and fairly crude definition of advertising unfortunately that's people's perspective so if you say advertising then certainly within the kind of the environment that we're in at the moment with coronavirus people are frightened of 
um, putting sales messages out there. They're frightened of talking about price, essentially pushing their product and their services because they don't know how they should behave. And so at the moment, people are veering away from that. But marketing is about staying in people's minds. It's about that lower level kind of keeping the brand alive and ensuring that it grows and that it has a future and it's moving in a certain direction. Um, and so they're quite, they're quite different, I think. Yes, yes. And, I, and, and you, you met, mentioned about some um, big organisations that maybe have um, fallen foul of um, certain values that maybe they should have been uh, using a bit more uh, um, uh, effectively in this period because um, very, I think everyone's very sensitive, aren't they? Um, and I've seen lots of people talking about, you know, making things that well, when this, once this is over, I'm certainly not going to be, you know, uh, doing business with that company anymore and I certainly won't be going in there anymore because of certain things that really ultimately are about values aren't they about yes. you know what 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 you want to be seen to be supporting as far as a consumer or, or, or a customer uh, it, it defines things anyway yeah that's absolutely right and I mm. think it continues the conversation around short-term and long-term um, approaches and behaviours. So some of the behaviours we've seen are very short-termist. So if you think about Weatherspoons, for instance, refusing to close um, their bars um, because you know they wanted their sales to continue. And of course, once they were forced to close down, then the first thing they did was actually get rid of their get rid of their staff. So going down into total lockdown and you know, holding on to um, the profits that they have. And so that's all about the sale essentially. And I mean, I think you can probably put um, the Sports Direct story in the, in the same kind of category of that. But there are other brands more positively who have understood just how serious the times are and understood that there are moments where people come first and we need to show those core values really. So the Pret-a-Manger's who have given discounts to NHS workers and offered free hot drinks for them, for instance, is a small gesture, but it's a very important one. Um, some of the um, supermarkets as well, the likes of Sainsbury's, um, Morrison's, have also stepped up in times of, you know, real kind of um, crisis. And they have tried ultimately to ensure that, you know, people are safe, first of all, rather than thinking about the profit. Um, and and that's, that's the difference at the moment. That's where you see kind of the winners and losers, if you like. And there will be a lot of people who will be judged and have been judged in the way that they behave, such as the, the Virgin Atlantics, for instance, who automatically started asking for funding, whereas other businesses have literally pivoted overnight and started helping the NHS, um, developing new products and PPE and all of that amazing stuff so yes it's mm. it's those short-term businesses that have just not understood gravity and how they are not going to look in a great light versus some of the others who've just understood that 
Yeah, and I think it shows up in in, in leadership, doesn't it? Where obviously, um, it when when you attach values to your leadership, which in times like this is really challenging. Let's face it: when you're leading a business which you know is going to be financially challenged, it's really tough to to actually take your you know, to put that to one side and do the right thing. But ultimately, that's what stands you apart from maybe the, you know, the situation you've just described where they just say, well, we're not closing because, you know, we, we can't afford to or whatever it is. Actually, what you've got to do is actually the right right thing at the right time. Yeah, no, I totally right. And I, I don't want to sound idealist either mm. um, about that because, you know, there are lots of different examples of businesses really experiencing um you know, very different times. So there are some who are really experiencing Christmas because for them, you know, sales have gone up. They've needed to sort of deliver additional resources. Um, There are other businesses who, you know, have completely been decimated as a result of this. Mm. And then there are other businesses in between. So, you know, everybody's on their own sort of path, their own experiences of, and so, of course, there are those who um, are probably in a better situation to think about this, while others are literally in emergency mode. Mm. But even so, I think um, boiling it down to its basics, there's doing the right thing with what you have and doing the wrong thing. And of course, those people who do the wrong thing will be remembered for doing just that. Mm. Yes, indeed. And it takes um, a long time to build a brand and, and values up, but, but it can be uh, lost in an instant in, in one one uh, action or one um, tweet, uh, or, or we won't go down, down the social media route. But uh, it's important to remember these things. Of, you've got to live and breathe by them in the good and the bad times. And I suppose that's, that's, what, um, that's what it boils down to, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's all very well to play lip service to, mm. you know, values and what your brand's about. But actually, when the going gets tough, there are those who, you know, you understand really do step up and those who don't. And, and that's always the same in life. But, you know, there will be winners and losers, as we've said. Yeah. So how do you see things moving forward then, Philippa, when, you know, we've got our situation now, but we've got something that's going to come out of this. And so how do you see, you know, brand values and and how that's going to work going forward? Well, I think um, the journey of coming out is going to be very different for everybody. And there are those who are already sort of three weeks on beginning to sort of calm down and think about the future. There are other businesses, particularly accountants at the moment, who are right in the thick of it trying to save their clients. And they haven't even thought about their own future yet. They're just getting through every day. But I think as the weeks move on, everybody will start to think about what they've learned, start to think about how their business performed, think about you know, whether their business was actually fit for the purpose when all of this happened or whether, you know, they really do need to pivot as a consequence because I suspect that this is not going to be kind of a sole um, uh, event. You know, th- this could happen again and again. So it's, you know, thinking 
very much about the future um, and thinking about how their businesses performed and what they need to look like for the future to be fit for purpose, etc. And I guess part of that is around, you know, what is our business going to look like? What is it going to be about? What will its purpose be and its values? And they could, in fact, be quite different from three or four weeks ago when all of this started, because we've all learned a hell of a lot. We've all realized what our business can and can't do. Um, and so now it's, it's really time to take a bit of time out if we have it um, and to think about, you know, what it's going to be moving forward. And that's going to happen over the weeks, depending on where businesses are. And, and, you know, the accountants will probably be, you know, right at the back of right at the back of the queue, I think, in, in that, because I see that with all of the fat financial issues that they've got, they're just going to be dealing with kind of problems and questions for quite some time. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, from what you say, there's obviously there's two things that are going on here. I, I see that um, there's two things that happen to a business where they need to maybe think about revaluing what their values is. Firstly, you've got internal things that happen. I guess when you have a, a change of management, change of ownership within a business, um, that's a key time, isn't it? Because obviously you've got a different team that's leading then obviously they've got to make sure that they're still on board with the original um, values and, and vision but also as we've experienced now how things are changing externally and how we need to adapt to those to make sure that we're still relevant yeah absolutely and I think relevance is the key mm. is the key there um, and yes of course going to, back to what you said about somebody new coming in to take the business forward that's not always the catalyst to reviewing them, although it often is. But, you know, if, if that work has been done properly, um, then those values should, should translate, really, maybe tweaked a little bit, but they should be strong enough that the business has been built around them. And so that is continued on. Um, yeah. But you're right, um, you know, that, that can be tweaked. And certainly externally now, um, there are going to be some differences in the future, yes. Yeah, and I suppose that's the importance of having actually those things written down, you know, the values and, and the way we do things written down. That's obviously, And that's obviously what you do, which is, um, which is, yeah. which is all, all good, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they get massaged over time. But, mm. I mean, the worst thing any leader can do is come into a business and start from scratch because that sends a message of everything that you've worked for, everything you've done, was meaningless and actually I know better than than you so it, it's a very delicate balance of showing your appreciation for what has gone you know what has happened and and kind of the the organization the business and what it's achieved and then slowly um revisiting it seeing if things can be massaged slightly but the yeah. worst thing any leader can do is go in and start again Yes, and, and typically when uh, two businesses merge, um, we haven't got time to go into that, but that's when uh, it gets very interesting, I'm sure. Um, so sadly, I'm afraid our sort of 30-minute chat's coming to an end. So as I always ask my, my guests is to sort of give us a bit of a summary by giving us some top tips. Um, I, I normally say about three, but sometimes it's less or sometimes it's more. So is there top three top tips you can sort of finish things off and round things off for us? 
Yeah, I mean, I think we're now in a time where we might have a moment to review what has happened and where our business is going. So, you know, we're, there are still some businesses in crisis, so this will come as and when, but I really would um, guide any business owner um, to review what's happened over the last three or four um, weeks and how their business has um, responded to that. You know, if they did have um, a brand purpose and brand values, how well did they stand up? Did they guide both the teams and themselves for what they should be doing, how they should be behaving, all of that good stuff? And if you didn't have that defined, um, you know, maybe maybe that is the time for them to have a think about it. Um, but I would suggest that anybody should look at their social media and look at what they've done over the time, look at what their competition has done and sort of pull out some learnings from that. So the first thing then is to review how you fared, sort of the, the strengths and weaknesses, just to get a sense of what you've learned as a business owner, as a business. And I would suggest speaking to the teams as well. So secondly, talk to the, some of the team members if you do have a team kind of listen to them and have a think about what they thought um, of the business and how it's kind of um, managed over these difficult times. I would canvas also um, the owner to really listen to the market and listen to their peers. I've been doing a lot of um, group discussions, just listening in to where people are at. Um, you know, even our competitors, where are they? pull together rather than uh, stay apart, get some of those combined learnings and start to sort of build your own thoughts around the future. So review yourself, talk to your teams, stay in touch with the market and then think about resetting. So if you haven't got your purpose and values or if you have but you think that they need tweaking, then now is potentially the time. Mm. So think about, you know, the journey that you've been on over the years, because that's, as I said, right at the beginning of this interview, think about what you've learned and think about whether that has always been inserted into your business. And then think about those values that they'll come into sort of stark focus now, what you really value and what has really worked for you. Write those things down, because that's going to be the starting point for you to reset um, your vision and, and your values and use language that is personal to you. So when you're talking about your values or thinking about them, you know, I'm not talking about integrity, you know, use your own language um, to make it more personal so that they come to life and, and talk about it with your team. So for me, it's just thinking about the future, but sort of breaking it down into reviewing and then thinking about resetting. And then, of course, when the time is right, you can relaunch. Great stuff. Thank you, Philippa. Really enjoyed our chat. Uh, it's really fascinating, really. I, I think um, putting the, the situation to one side, you know, it's um, it sort of focuses our mind um, a bit more at the moment. But really, all the time, we've got to remember what, how, how we live our lives, how we live our, you know, how, how we live our 
business as well. And and if we get that right, then we we all just feel a lot more a, a lot more comfortable about what we do, and it's more, more fulfilling. Um, so thank you ever so much for your time today. I've really enjoyed it. You're very welcome, and so have I. It's great to chat. Yes, and uh, hopefully we will um, our paths will cross very shortly in the. The, the new world which will allow us to actually get on about again. Yeah, I'm calling it the new normal, but yes, Mark, <laughs> I'll, I'll see you very soon. Thanks again. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to check out the ReluctantLeader.academy and if you get a chance, please leave a review on whichever platform you have been listening and also share the love by sharing the episode with someone who would benefit. Leadership is a choice. If you have the right mindset, know the process to follow and the key skills to use at each point in the process, you have everything you need to leave a lasting legacy. Don't forget to put into action anything that has struck a chord in this episode. And until next time, be the best you can be.